on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Yes, Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro returns to the show after an extended hiatus. And oh yeah, Julian Starr's here too, Brian. I don't know how you did it, but uh, last time I heard, Tarzan Taylor hates me now. Well, we'll see about that. Plus, your promo about nothing is coming up and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 161, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now he is a contracted Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He is one half of the bouncers. He's the brawling kingpin, Brian Malonis. No, just a brawler. You're just a brawler now? So let's not confuse the marketing, Mike. I, I still go to kingpin. I, I, num- numerous times in <laughs> the podcast, I'm still saying kingpin. It's going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, I don't uh, brawler. Did, did you see the updated logo though? I did on the Mastodon shirt. Yes, it looks lovely. That'll that'll be uploaded on uh com too. Oh, it will be. Yes. It's not just an in-person exclusive. No. No, but uh yeah, if you want to get it in person, it'll be uh very limited quantities. Uh you know, we can talk about that a little later on though. Well, speaking of in person, I found out uh, through the grapevine being social media that you are going to be in person at new england fan fest seven is this correct i am as a vendor guest of atlantic pro wrestling unbelievable so that is in conjunction with the new england wrestling hall of fame will you be attending uh to be determined i think that's the friday night and this is the the fan fest is saturday i believe right yeah it is i don't i don't know if i'm going down friday night yet or if i'm going down saturday morning but uh Friday night, uh, going to the Hall of Fame to be determined, but I will most certainly be in attendance for New England Fan Fest on Saturday, June the 8th. You're only going to go when you're inducted, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> you're protesting until they put you in. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not at the point of being an absolutely active uh, competitor, Mike. I'm at the top of my game, at the peak of my career. Uh, why would I go into a Hall of Fame now? It makes no sense. <laughs> I guess it doesn't. Uh, so, <laughs> What are you going in? Joe, uh, Joe, I don't know if Joe Bruin listens to this, but why isn't Mike Crockett in, in the Hall of Fame? I'd I don't be think happy. he knows who I am. I'd be happy to induct uh, Mike Crockett <laughs> into the Hall of Fame. I think that I can think of 50 people I want to induct me before you. Uh, I better be the one inducting you. Come on now. Well, you won't go until you're inducted. <laughs> There's nobody else who would be willing to induct you. Well, maybe some of our guests tonight. We'll talk to them in a minute. We'll ask them if they're willing to speak glowingly about me. We'll find out about that. Uh, so the FanFest, uh, will you be bringing perhaps a microphone? There are some stars and superstars that will be in attendance. No, but you're more than welcome to come and do it, Mike. I will be signing autographs and selling merchandise. Is you going to be there all day? You think you're going to have a line long enough winding around the place that you're going to... Sp- That's what I'm being paid to do, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're being paid? Well, you know, I'm a superstar now. <laughs> you are a superstar now. I, I, I yeah, but yes, I'm being paid. All right, I, mean, I want to take that away from you. So you are <laughs> back from Milwaukee. Let's change the subject quickly. You were at Bruce City Wrestling last weekend. I was. 
And how did that go? This is the first time in Wisconsin for a new promotion, uh, Beer City Bruisers home promotion. How was that whole deal? It was good. I assaulted a little person. Pardon? <laughs> Come again? I assaulted a little person. How? Why? Swoggle. Oh. Well, he called me a fat ass first off. Oh. Yeah. And then I uh, kept cheating in my match. So uh, I got his little fat ass and threw it in the ring. <laughs> What'd you do? Uh, you know, I grabbed him by the by the scruff of the neck and aggressively threw him in the ring. This is after I told him he didn't look like Swaggle from WWE or Hornswoggle from WWE. He looked like he ate Hornswoggle from WWE. So I was getting the fat jokes in. You're good at that. They were. Ha- I tell you what, the the Milwaukee crowd loved those fat jokes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all about it, huh? They love beer and fat jokes. Absolutely. So you and Swoggle, huh? Everything went well. You're gonna be back for Bruce Lee wrestling. Uh, I am. Yes, I will be back. Oh, you know, we'll get into it in my dates when I go over my dates. I don't have it quite in front of me right now, Mike. And you're stealing thunder from segments later on. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I apologize deeply. Uh, so let's talk about we get get this out of the way right now. You talked about it a second ago. BrianMalonis.com, the brand new Brawler Malonis Mastodon shirt going up very soon on that website. Yeah, well, for let's purchase. let's see, Mike. We'll look live right now. How about this? How about a live uh, live look in? Yeah, let's uh, yeah let's take a look right now. It's already been submitted. I've already communicated with them. Uh, I got the new write up on uh, BrianMalonis.com now. Updated. Uh, little bio that they allow you to do. And just talks all about the wrestling podcast about nothing. Um, it does mention the wrestling podcast about nothing. No, it's still the Brian Malonis shirt up there right now. So, yeah. Uh, so if you want the Brian Malonis version, go get it like now, like right this second. Because it's going to be a collector's item in yes, moments. Yes, it's going to be extinct, and it's going to be replaced with the Brawler Malonis, which, uh, you know, go ahead and order that because that's lovely too, along with the WPAN shirt, the Mega Malonis shirt, the Kingpin shirt, which – I got to take that down soon, buddy. That's going to be extinct soon, too, because the Kingpin is no more. Kingpin is no longer. And also, ROHWrestling.com, right? The ROH Pro Shop. You got all the bouncers gear there. Yes, yes. Uh, two new bouncers t-shirts, plus the, the cl- we'll call it the classic bouncers uh, t-shirt now. And uh, hey, Mike, I might have a little something for you in a little bit here. Really? Yeah, maybe. Wow. All right. Maybe. I like gifts. All right, let's talk about the WPAN. Who doesn't, who doesn't like gifts? Of course. The WPAN.com, <laughs> that is the WPAN.com, our hub, our home base for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Find the ways to subscribe there, all the different podcast platforms, including Spotify. We're on there as well. Also, the social media links. We are basically at the WPAN on all social media platforms. You can find all those links there on the WPAN.com. Plus, the bios. You can read all about us. Plus, the hidden nudes, right? Well, you know, I, I was going to say, you know, nobody's more upset about the lack of nudes on the site than our guest today, I heard. Really? Yeah. Tarzan likes full frontal. <laughs> well, 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 they're on there. They're just, we, we established <laughs> this last week. They're just <laughs> hidden. You have well, to go he really. Wanna, he doesn't want to search. No, he wants instant some, gratification. And plus, he doesn't really get on the, uh, the internets much. <laughs> doesn't have social media or any of that stuff. So anyway. They, they are there if you look really hard. So please go to the WPAN.com, the WPAN.com. Look really hard. Yes. Waka waka. Uh, <laughs> and uh, speaking of things you can do to help us out, which I don't know if I was or not, but thank you to everyone who's completed the survey. So we're looking to get honest feedback from people about the wrestling podcast about nothing. It takes about five, ten minutes of your time. If you haven't done it yet, go to tinyurl.com slash WPAN survey. Really appreciate everyone that has uh, given us the feedback so far. Please continue to do so if you haven't already. Tinyurl.com slash WPAN survey. And speaking of the survey, one of our guests today, Brian, was mentioned more than once. 
a few times that we needed to get him back because it's been over a year. Strangely enough, this is since this gentleman has been on the airwaves of the wrestling podcast about nothing, and since then he's appeared everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, as I say, he's very hard to book for us only, <laughs> but, but, but not on the WP. We gave him his start, and the ungrateful bastard went everywhere else. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, well, let's, uh, he is here. That is uh, Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectre. Welcome back. Oh, <laughs> hello. How are you? And also joining him, I don't mean to uh, you know make him second place, but he is a uh, great wrestler. Well, he's a former wrestling star, former chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion, New England champion, tag team champion. He's done it all. And now he is a commentator for chaotic wrestling. And he might have another project coming up. We'll talk about it in a little bit. He is... Julian Starr. Hello. Hello, sir. I thought my, you know, introduction was going to be a little underwhelming after you're putting over how great of a guest Tarzan Taylor is, but uh, clearly he's not that great because he doesn't like to be back here, so... What? Uh, you're the one who doesn't want to take the booking. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to really make Julian feel second place here in a, here in a second. Oh boy. Well, we'll just do it right now, Mike. So you okay. mentioned RH, the RH Pro Shop, and there's some new Bouncers merchandise. So I brought a couple of uh, I brought a couple of gifts. No shit. Sorry, Julian. Oh. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> I shoot got excited. <laughs> pretty, if, if I'm if I'm being totally honest, I it, it was kind of a last second thing, and I didn't know what size you wore. <laughs> do, uh, I tried it two XL. I believe he wears a tent. <laughs> I didn't know if you were two or two or three. Uh, it depends on the because Michael's a two. So <laughs> depends on the. We're large gentleman here <laughs> if it's a two brian you can give it to julian and, and if julian can wear a two then I okay would, okay I, I you're gonna forego it to the guests okay okay so i got here and I, we'll let tarzan can we let tarzan pick which one he wants because yeah, i feel like i owe him an olive course, branch yes here, yeah we'll uh, talk Mike, about that Mike, in a come second. here for a second hold on you, okay. gotta, you gotta hold my microphone for me or hold, hold yours up for me there you go so I got here the brand new. These are hot off the press. These might be some of the first ones that came off the press, fellas. The brand new official Ring of Honor Bouncers Bar and Grill T-shirts. Wow. How about that? Wow. Both in size it? 2XL. Oh. Tarzan, take your pick. Oh. Julian, you get second choice. This is a tough one. <laughs> But one one featuring the keg, it's happy hour, says belly up or get out. Uh, the other oh. one says bruiser and brawler. Uh, the official bouncers t-shirts, only available at the ROH Pro Shop, uh, online and at live events. It's so. a tough call, but I, I think I'm going to go for the keg one. That's All right. Thank All you. right. Thank Julian Starr, big winner. Yeah, Hopefully gonna, it fits, buddy. I, I'm hoping so, too. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll... Uh, I'll tell you in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, this was uh, an olive branch, if you will, Tarzan Taylor, and I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, yeah, let's let's get right into it. Do we want to clear the air here? There was some... about how he buried me on uh, uh, <laughs> Let the Chaos Begin podcast. Oh boy! So we're gonna get right into <laughs> Tarzan. Do you are you gonna defend yourself? <laughs> Because uh, Brian talked about it like probably a month ago on the podcast, <laughs> how upset he was so that he not only turned off the podcast you were on with Jamie Jemikowski, <laughs> but he unsubscribed from <laughs> Let the Chaos Begin. I did. It's a fact. <laughs> well, I want to point out that I did disclaimer that I was going off my memory and my opinions at the time, but I apologize if I omitted or didn't did anything that made 
my illustrious host upset. <laughs> so no, I was, I was the junior booker, and the, my only contribution was that I forced my brother onto the shows and made us tag champions. Well, I mean, I did teach you everything you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the funny thing is, the thing you could have gone with, and we talked about it a little bit before we went on air, was the fact that you had actually stepped down for a little bit, and I had stepped in as booker, which is how I got into the role, and then I literally proceeded to beg you to come, to come back and help me because I was completely overwhelmed. And Michael has no backbone. We can turn this into a burial of Michael. <laughs> wow. so I, I, Michael I prefer could, that. Like, I kind of laid it out. The, we've talked about this before. I laid it on the line to him. No, you don't get to be the kayfabe booker. If you're going to help me book, you have to You have to like come out of the darkness. That and is true. He does love take a some of the kayfabe heat. book. <laughs> he, he turned me down. He had he wanted no part of it. I just feel like uh, people not, aren't going to listen to ideas from me i'm I, i'm not good i'm not i'm a referee i'm not good at giving finishes or knowing what a good finish is so i just feel like coming from me you guys we talked about this earlier for something else but it's just people kind of dismiss a referee and i didn't think i had the I, I didn't have the authority in my mind to tell these wrestlers what to do you got no backbone i will say <laughs> all right whatever <laughs> Boo <laughs> <laughs> Boo Face already ready to quit. I'm not implying I was forced to use Jimmy Malonis. What I had said was I wasn't for the idea when it was first presented to me. <laughs> and after going back and forth, I did agree. We came to a mutual agreement. <laughs> I was not forced to do it. Uh, that, that, that fact got a little skewed, I think. Well, you uh, left out a key part, though. The fact that Jimmy was literally like the third or fourth choice. I think Jimmy was technically the fourth choice because we had talked about the, the original plan when we, when we came up with this plan of having like a mystery partner for me, and obviously it was going to be Sherman for Scotty, was Alex Arion. We'd reform, reform big business. I did forget that part when it was brought up. I do admit that. I don't remember if Al was hurt or just wasn't interested. I feel like he was hurt. I feel like because I feel like it was like a solid plan, and then he got hurt somehow, or like I don't yeah, know, didn't he hurt his knee again? Or something like that. Yeah, I don't know if it was like work related or like you know like real work related, but I remember him being hurt. So then we moved on to Scott Reed, which I don't even know Scott Reed. Scott Reed probably doesn't listen to this, but then we decided like, ah, eh, that might be a little underwhelming. And then I texted Max Bauer, yeah, I begging remember. begging him to come back. Told him he could stand on the apron. Uh, he goes, is it something as that sounds? Uh, I don't really want to come back and work with Sherman <laughs> and Scotty Slade. <laughs> and then that's when we arrived at Jimmy. <laughs> I will say, looking back, Jimmy was the right choice when it was all said and done. I think it worked really well, other than the match where they lost the belts back. But that wasn't your fault. You weren't in that match. <laughs> no, I got, I'd gotten hurt. But I mean, the night he came back was, it was, was great. really good. Was nobody great. saw it coming. Yeah. Remember, we had him. So the, the, me and Tarzan, I mean, for, for like the little controversy, I guess, I felt like we were a really good team. Because remember, we had Jimmy come to a couple of shows beforehand. Yeah, hanging out with people. and Just, just hanging out in the crowd, like talking to fans, like asking. They always ask if he's coming back. He's like, no, 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 I'm not coming back. And, and then sure and shit, out of nowhere, when the time was right. Jimmy was there to attack them, and uh, yeah, big pop for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah the crowd, the crowd, be. yeah, the crowd was excited. It's one of those genuine moments where I don't think the crowd really knew what was going on; like, they weren't sure it was part of the show. So this all took place where you buried Brian on the <laughs> podcast Tarzan. <laughs> it was the uh, Cold Fury fourteen episode of Let the Chaos Begin on the For the Pops Network. You can find M- that. Mike. I don't know if you want to try to get the partial rights to. Maybe we can make it. Maybe I'm catching an idea here Uh-oh. to share. And but uh, I've been negotiating, I guess, with Jamie over uh, us 
kind of going toe to toe because the misinf- he is a fountain of misinformation <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to his own promotion and uh, there's a lot of things that we strongly disagree about so at some point I am going to go on let the chaos begin allegedly and we're going to go toe to toe maybe we can make it a two-parter and do part one there and part two here or something but uh, that is going to be that is going to be a knockdown drag out uh, if you've ever seen one. Brian and I both have very volatile personalities sometimes, so <laughs> sometimes it doesn't always work to our advantage. But you're together now. You're yeah. sitting right next to each I other. I love Brian, despite whatever uh, went down. I love Brian. I was told that you didn't show up for WrestleMania because I was going to be here. No, no, no. <laughs> I just heard a laugh from down the hall. That is deep cackle. This is literally what I was told. There was a lot of things going on the day of WrestleMania. A lot of sweat coming off that forehead. <laughs> a lot of things went down that day. It was not a good day for me. Okay. I will admit that I was thinking in my head with all the bullshit that went out, if, if Brian just gets on my case, I'm just going to snap and not going to be able to deal with it. I won't deny that I said that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're going to get on, on with Let the Chaos Begin. You're going to settle this all thing out with uh, with Jamie. That right? won't be settled. He, you know, He's a dig his heels in sort of guy, even when he's wrong. The one, the one thing we all know about Jamie is when he knows he's wrong, he digs his heels in twice as hard. We should just mutually take our anger and singularly focus it against <laughs> Jamie, you know? Like, yeah, we, we, should, I mean, we should bury him, you know? We were, you know, I really should thank him, though, because... Because his incompetence as uh, our boss. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, I'm sorry. Gave me the chip on my shoulder to uh, say, hey, fuck you. I'm going to go try to do something here. And, and he's very successful. So. And we're all, we couldn't be happier. Julian, what thank do you, you think of all this? I guess I was going to bring Julian into it. I was going to bring Julian into it because it's, it, it, it's hard for me to like, I was a fucking wrestler. So like, I just did what I was told and that was that. I really have no like opinion about jamie i think he's a fucking political artist but uh other than that like listen this guy we've all been bookers as a wrestler he just did what he was told how many fucking wrestlers have you booked that just did what they were told (laughs) oh oh, oh, you mean like you mean like you mean like when he got the title and then quit yeah exactly (laughs) no that's different that's different yeah we haven't really talked about julian's story because we had tarzan he was actually our first guest to uh interview episode four of the wrestling podcast about not that long you were the first one in 2016 and julian we've had on a few times he his first episode was 41 we were talking about the royal rumbles we just talked about you know what was going on with that show so we're going to talk about julian specifically so why don't we do the full interview with julian and tarzan you just sit here and uh <laughs> look pretty <laughs> that's never happened before right tarzan? No, not at all i won't be sitting Speaking here uncomfortable pretty look at this mane you have going on here tarzan i have not i haven't seen you in quite some time so this hairdo is like i mean are you going back to the no, I'm I'm going for uh, Bradley Cooper in uh, Stars Born. Is what I'm I'm okay. shooting. Jackson Mann, I believe, was his name. I have no idea. Julian, uh, I don't remember his name, but don't you have to have a face for the hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I got a face for podcast. Will you <laughs> stop? <laughs> so, Julian, I mean, we you talked about how you got the title and you kind of walked away and you talked about that in two-part episode yep. i'll let the chaos begin once again i'll plug them once again yep. yeah we don't hate are you they, are they paying us for this no, no they're they're not but you talked about all that on the podcast and you actually you stopped wrestling mm-hmm. um and you had a, a neck injury first of all for the did. first time you stopped yep that was a very tough moment for you when you found, went to the doctor and you found out that they said basically you're done yep right 
Yeah, so when I got told that my neck was... Uh, so what the actual injury was, again, that one of my discs between C5 and C6, I can't remember which one it was, but it had created calcium. And the doctor had told me that it could have been from when I was a kid. I got a lot of stingers playing football. So it could have been from when I was a kid. He's not sure, but he said there was enough calcium in there. It created a knife point. So it was poking my spinal cord. Oh, God. Yeah. So every time I went numb or felt numbness, it was poking at my spinal cord. And so, again, I, I stated this before. If I had hit it the right way, he told me I could have severed my spinal cord in bed, blowing out of a straw in a wheelchair for the rest of my life just to move around. Um, he said I would have been a vegetable. So when I got a first opinion, the first doctor kind of walked in. It was like this quick deal. I had this like mom type physician and she was like, ah, I don't think you're going to be able to do this, but we'll get a, we'll get the actual doctor in here. So they take MRIs and do all that other shit. And then the doctor literally comes in. It was like a cartoon. He's like, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so, blah, blah, blah. So here's the deal. Your neck's a little fucked. Uh, you're not going to be able to do anything anymore. Uh, you probably never wrestle again. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't recommend. Here's why. And he starts playing with my fingertips and he's like, here's why, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so you're done wrestling for the rest of your life. Have a good day. And he walked right out. Never let me say a word. That's exactly how he pitched it to me. And just walked out, and I was just stunned. And so the lady, the other physician, his assistant comes in, like basically reiterates everything. You'll never wrestle again. Don't do any physical activity that's going to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. The news didn't actually register with me until I actually got to the school. Because the, the physician I saw was literally, it's that big building that's right next to the character training center, Nepua now. Uh, I walked upstairs into the office, and again, I, I fucking, you said you were there, right? It was you, Tarzan. Yeah. I was the only one that you guys couldn't name. It's like, uh, I'm invisible out there. You couldn't, e- you didn't even know I was there. That's what makes a good ref. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys were all there, and I just remember dropping to my knees. Like, my yeah. knees went weak. Like, my whole legs went weak because my childhood dream just got taken away from me without my choice, and uh, it developed such a deep depression that I did the exact same thing I did the second time I got depressed. I ate myself to death. Uh, food's a comfort for me, so... But yeah, it, it's it's devastating when you get taken away from wrestling without your choice. So what happened? You got a second opinion? Is that what happened? Yeah. So I want to say I was away from wrestling for probably it was either six or eight months, and somewhere in there, I just so everyone kept saying, "Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion." I was already I had already put on like thirty pounds. Um, I was out of shape, like just I was I just mailed it in because I was told to. I got a second opinion from the doctor I was originally supposed to see, by the way. So the doctor at the same office, he wasn't available. So they made me see this fucking jobber. (laughs) So he's the guy who gives me the first opinion. So I was like, you know what? I I fucking love wrestling. I don't want to be out of this. I need to get a second opinion. So I made an appointment. I said, I need to see, and I'll plug his name because he's an amazing doctor. His name's Dr. Ty or Dr. T. They call him Dr. T. It's T-Y. and he's in Lawrence, Massachusetts. So I go back there, and I, I said, I demanded, I'm, I'm only going to see him, no one else. He takes a look at the same MRI, and he goes, who told you we can't fix you? And I was like, your other doctors? And he just laughed, and he said, that's usually because no one wants to do the surgery because it's near your neck, and you never know what could go wrong. He's like, we can absolutely change this. There's two things we can do. We either fuse your neck, or I do what's called a disc replacement. He said, basically, it'll be an artificial disc. It's acting like just your actual disc that's there now. We'll just take the bad one out, put the artificial in, and your neck will act normal. You'll be able to move normal. It's not the same as a fusion where it, you know, Batman's your neck. And so when he told me that, I was all excited. And so I showed him videos of me wrestling so he can get an idea, like, is this going to hold up? So I 
showed him the video and he's just like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like once you get this, you should be fine. So just before I leave the officer, he goes, by the way, no one has this model in the entire world. So you're going to be a test dummy. So I need you to keep in tabs with me. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, yeah, no (laughs) one has this one yet. This just came out. So you're kind of going to be one of the first people in the world. So I need you to keep tabs them. I was like, okay. But yeah, Did that like concern you at all that you're kind of the guinea pig? Kind of. I'm sure they had done trials before. but Yeah, I'm sure. But I, I, like he had told me, he said, look, here's the deal. If I put this in your neck and I try to test it in your neck before I sew you up and it's not functioning right, I'm fusing you in the same surgery. He's like, so you're either going to wake up with a fusion or you're going to wake up with a disc. And I'll tell you when you wake up. And I was like, all right. I trusted him enough. He pitched it correctly. And he did a phenomenal surgery. It was so weird going into surgery and then just waking up with no pain whatsoever. I was not on pain pills. The nurses told me I wasn't on any kind of pain medication. Nothing. Like, I just woke up and I was like, my neck's sore. Like, my traps are sore, but I feel fine. And uh, I've not had a single neck problem since the day of that surgery. I was supposed to go back a year later and get it checked. But because I haven't had a problem, I just never did. It was just the disc replacement? Yep. It wasn't he the did fusion. the disc replacement. He said it's actually functioning very well. And then when I... I think I went back, maybe it was like a month after, because he wanted to make sure I was okay. So a month after I went and saw him, he said, can you come see me in a year? Because I want to make sure it's holding up after you wrestle and stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure, fine. But I'm one of those people that, like, if it's not broken, don't go tamper with it. So because I never had a neck problem again or a numbness or anything, I just never went back and but yeah i have a i have the artificial disc in my neck now but um so you're supposed to keep this guy's supposed to keep in tabs on you and here avoiding his calls yep yeah well <laughs> i he never called me but he always expected me to go see him and i just i just i don't know i never had a problem so i said why why bring my car to the fucking mechanic if nothing's broken so i just left it at that and for anyone who doesn't know this when you bruise your spinal cord, it never heals. My spinal cord will forever be damaged, so there's always a chance that it could potentially go wrong at some point in my life. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but they had told me that the reason why it's best to do the surgery at the age I was at, which I think at that time I was 24 or 25, um, he had told me, like, you should do the surgery now because you're so young, your body's going to heal stronger now. He said if you don't do it, either way, you're getting your neck fused when you're 40. So you either do this now and avoid a fusion or you do the neck fusion when you're 40. It's up to you. So I chose the path where I can go back to my dream and led me to sitting on this couch and gaining 300 pounds. <laughs> Tarzan, are you having flashbacks, by the way? Flashbacks? Um. Did you want to ask a question, <laughs> Julian, about his career? <laughs> no, you're good. No, 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 I'm good. Okay. This happens a lot, by the way, to me whenever we have a guest. Uh, Michael just dominates the conversation. I usually like, I'll, you'll, you'll hear, a, I, and sometimes I think he might actually splice in like my, my laugh here and there just to make it sound like I'm part of the show. Uh, what do you want to ask uh, Julian then? Or for Tarzan for I that matter? Listening. I mean, we carried the whole first part of the podcast, so you can do something, Mike. Where do you buy He, he, he just said, I'm, I'm dominating, and now he's saying <laughs> you, sh- you should do something. <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so, Julian, you came back, you won the title, and you left. Yep. Uh, left for personal reasons that I explained in the other podcast. But, uh, yeah, I just um, mid-heat, 
Uh, I had put on some weight at this time. I had switched to like some singlet that Mikey Webb looked like borrow. a heel, though. Yeah, because now I wasn't like a, a baby face. I wasn't all ripped and all that stuff. Um, I still had some stockiness in my shoulders and my arms and whatnot. But I had put a lot of, and I, I carry it all the time. I carry waist weight. So I put a lot of weight on. Know, it looks like. I wasn't confident out in the ring. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, when fans started calling me fat, it started to really kind of dig into my craw. Yeah. And it offended me to the point where I felt like not only am I letting them down because they knew who I was, but I let myself down because I let myself get this way. And it was because I was depression eating again. Uh, due to my personal reason, I started depression eating a lot. And I, I was having a pizza every night, whatever the case. Self-destructing. And then it was just mid-match. I want to say it was in Woburn. I want to say it might have been the match I had with Christian. And I, th- I think I was champion at this time or or not. I don't remember. But either way, I had said I was I you know threw my hands up to get heat or whatever. The crowd was booing. And I didn't get the feeling that I used to get. I didn't get that that adrenaline rush or that, yeah, like I'm, you know, they hate me, blah, blah. I didn't get the same feelings I had. And then I always hated traveling. I, I hate the process of traveling. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the shows, like I always had the same feeling, which was fuck, I want to go home, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I loved was the 10 minutes you spent in the ring. There was points now where now it felt like a burden not only to travel there, but it felt like a burden to wrestle. And in mid-match, I was like, I don't know why I'm fucking doing this. And it actually wasn't until I spoke to Mikey Webb Mikey Webb used to say to me all the time when he saw it in my face, he would say, why are you doing this if you're so miserable? There's nothing keeping you here. And there's a part of, and I'm sure, you know, Malonis, there might be times where, and even Tarzan, there might be times that you think about quitting, but you feel like you can't for several reasons that you might let friends or promoters or fans or whoever down. And there were times where I felt like I couldn't quit because I might let someone down. And it wasn't until Mikey Webb drilled into my head, like, it's not going to matter. Like, if you want to be happy, go be happy. If this isn't making you happy, stop doing it. Save your body. And that's when, I think, after a match, I came back and just told Tarzan, like, take the title off me. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to stay home for the rest of my life, and I never want to be back. For Tarzan, it was a a promo with Mark Sherman after a show <laughs> where he he decided to walk away. I, I don't Actually, the promo wasn't even. There wasn't the issue. Well, he wasn't in the promo. He was just fucking it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept busting in on the room, right? Yeah, it was the whole. I've been over this before, but it was the whole. Uh, oh, it'd be so funny if we get Tarzan mad, and they kept interrupting a promo. I'm trying to get done. And I yelled, and then I went back to film it, and then I just had this epiphany. I was like, fuck this. I'm getting paid 50 bucks to do this bullshit. Why the fuck should I do this anymore? I said, I'm out of here. I don't even know if I told you, Brian. but No, uh, you walked out. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. No, I was there. And then Pat Matthews was looking to me, and now they're all looking to me like because I'd already quit. Was, yeah, because you weren't doing the book at that no, point. No, I, yeah. I was already quit. I was just, I was just part of the show, and they were kind of – I was supposed to film a promo after that. Now they're looking for me to like – take over and like oh what are we supposed to do i'm like i don't know i'm not the booker anymore call jamie <laughs> yeah, and jamie wasn't was in hawaii or something like that yeah right? yep i didn't i refused to uh i refused to help or step in or do anything I mean, and i left <laughs> it's gonna sound like some kind of i don't it's not like i'm putting myself over and you got you can relate and so can you you're booking you're working on the website you're fucking directing promos you're you're trying to get 
you know, all this stuff going on that's more than just booking. And you're getting paid shit to do it. And you're putting a lot of your own time in. So it was like, finally, it was just the point where it wasn't, just wasn't worth it anymore to me. Why? For 50 bucks? Get fucked. Why should I Not do it? Not for 50 bucks. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I don't do a dive for 50 bucks. <laughs> it was ultimately, I was just like, fuck this. Why am I doing this anymore? I don't want to do it anymore. This is just not worth my time. And I left. Well, most people don't do it like, yeah, in the middle of their job. Just walk off like yeah. that. Usually it's between shows. And it's like, oh, I don't want well, to at least the show was over. I, I made it through the entire show. But <laughs> it was. That's a point in your favor there, I guess. Like I've said many times, I wish I hadn't done it that way, but I don't regret walking away. So what would it take to bring you back? Well, um, I would have to, A, get more money, or B, be in a position where I would have a little bit more of a, an authority of what happens on the show. Oh, you mean do the job that you're paid to do? Yes, exactly. Weird how your, your <laughs> well, expectation would, would be that just, you're going to get paid to do the job. Just book, <laughs> not have for. to do the, all this other shit that came with it. But do you, also do you remember the Bill Parcells quote? If... Uh, if they want you to cook dinner, they ought to let you <laughs> let you buy some of the groceries. <laughs> so you don't want to be micromanaged, is what you're saying? I don't want to be micromanaged. Granted, I mean, it's not my money, so I am working for somebody else, but it's not worth it to me anymore. You know, I mean, the thing of it, I don't want, I don't want to turn this because Jamie always gets mad. But I'm more of just like, uh, you're either all in, or you're all out. And it was just the what really was frustrating was. It's like, don't give a shit 75% of the time, then 25% of the time you do, but then it's like, the 25% is like, and, I, and, I, and I'm referring to like the booking piece of it, like 75% of the booking we were doing, didn't give a shit about whatever you guys do, and then 25%, but again, it's not like the, I, I get why the owner of a company, you know, I think even think about Ring of Honor, there's bookers, and then there's the front office and people who run the company, I get why the head of a company would okay, who's the face of our company? Who's the champion? Who's going to be in the main event of our biggest shows and things of that nature? What I don't understand is some of the meddling and the some of the further down the card things where it's just like, shit, I mean, that's literally our job. <laughs> that's, my, that's what you're paying me to do. I mean, plus, you you got to fight every, not every, but almost every match on a show. You have to fight with someone in that match because they don't want to put the guy over or they don't want to do it this way or they don't want to do it this way or this ref wants to referee this match or this or that. And it's just like it's the point where it's just like that. That shit happens, by the way, more on the indies than it does. Like at least I can't. I guess I can't speak for other places, but I can speak to my experience in Ring of Honor. There is way more of the I don't want to do this because of this and how it's going to make me look on the independent level than there is at a place like Ring of Honor. Like I can say that without any hint of reservation. Do you think that's that's because? Um it's the same like mindset of throwing your weight around working for McDonald's, but as opposed to working for a big business. I mean, so I think it's uh, God. You're trying to get me to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think it's um, trying to. I think it's a couple of things. I think it's trying to justify. Right. I think a lot of people can't just sit there and say, hey, you know what? I'm doing this because I, I enjoy doing it. It's fun. I'm not making any money, but it's just a lot of fun and I really want to do it. And they have to add some sort of added meaning or significance that just really isn't there to it to justify the fact that they're spending their time on it. Yeah. So I think I think there's there's a piece of that. Um you know, and, and then there's the big fish in the small pond kind of kind of theory. You know, it's uh People believe their own shit, I guess. Plus, you got I, that, people don't understand that you're you're trying to put together like seven matches, and what happens in match one can affect what happens in match two, and well, and they don't give a fuck. They just 
want to do their match. They, they've called it three weeks before the match even happens. And it just gets to be the point where it's like not even worth it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's the guys who really just, they kind of work once a month. So for chaotic wrestling show, it's once every three or four weeks. And that's the only booking on their calendar for that month. And so it's to them, it's every month is WrestleMania and they've called their match three weeks in advance and they don't really care what, what else is up and down the card. And, all that stuff is fine to be one of those guys, but you still have to kind of do your job, listen to what you're told, understand that you're part of a bigger picture. And what we were doing in Chaotic, where we're, we're different from a lot of indies or where we differed from a lot of indies, um, I shouldn't talk like I'm still part of it because I'm, I'm not. I'm a part-time player for Chaotic Wrestling these days. But when we were booking, it's just we booked like episodic stuff. Like, it, you know, we booked it like TV, even though we didn't have TV, but... We booked with continuity. Yeah, the chaotic cast. We did. I love the chaotic cast. <laughs> I don't mind people giving an opinion. I never did. I asked for opinions a lot of the time, but sometimes it just gets to be the point where it's like, who the fuck are you to tell me <laughs> what the fuck to do? Like, I mean, I wasn't a referee that did that. No. Was it okay? <laughs> it's the stupid shit, like wins and losses, or you know yeah, what I mean, so or much. things like that. It's just like, you know, it, I, I mean. It, and then it's inevitably, it doesn't matter. They bitch and bitch and bitch, and then finally I say, "All right, do whatever the fuck you want." And then they get mad at me for that. And it's like, "What the fuck? You want me to agree that your way is better, but do it with a smile on my face?" <laughs> that was a Tarzan. Once he was fully frustrated, yeah, do it. Do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's not to say everybody. There's plenty of guys that I never had any kind of issue with. So Julian. Yes, sir. Let's bring you back into this. Uh, so <laughs> we, where we left off in your story is. Uh, you walked away, personal reasons, yep. uh, depressed, mm-hmm. eating, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. What brought you back to Chaotic Wrestling? Because you came back to do commentary. Yeah, that's funny. That was actually like spur of the moment. So I was coming home from work uh, one Friday night on my way home. And then all of a sudden I get a text from someone mm-hmm. who claims to be uh, or wants to be unnamed. So I will not state their name. He had basically asked, he's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? I was like, uh, nothing. And he goes, uh, we kind of need a commentator. Pat Matthews can't make it. And he may not be able to make it in the future because of his job promotion. Do you want to do commentary? I had never done any kind of commentary. So um, at this point, uh, for those of you who followed my wrestling career, I wasn't the greatest talker. Uh, yeah, was, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah. you, you were never known for your <laughs> speaking no, skills. A complaint. I'll bring up about that. After I thought. That. I thought you. I, I will say this about you, Julian. I thought uh, as a babyface, you were the drizzling shits. Yeah. I, I, but I thought like your heel promos were, especially towards the end, were starting to really get bad. I thought you were actually, weirdly enough, hitting your stride. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I'll tell you, it's. It had to do a lot with. It's what Biff told me: not giving a fuck. And um, Biff always told me like you will have more fun if you stop caring so much and what it was is i was so afraid to speak my mind because you guys know how the wrestling business is that there's a fine line between you know what you can say and what you can't say and so like i was always afraid i was going to tiptoe into that realm of catching heat with everyone and because you're in that you know business you don't want to have everyone hate you because it makes it makes your job harder so it was harder for me to talk at that point when I had become a heel, I was angry. I was genuinely angry. And so it helped fuel a lot of, you know, my promos and stuff because I could speak 
somewhat from the heart. Yeah. But to, you know, rewind, uh, did you want to, just because we're talking about it now, did you want to talk about the complaint about me talking? Well, I just want to say he's a commentator now, all the time, right? All the shows. Yep. Yep. A few years back, we needed a, a president for Chaotic Wrestling, just a figurehead. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, Julian is here, but he can't wrestle. Let's do it for him. If he's a baby face, we don't have to do anything every week just when we need him. I was... Uh, shout it down. Nope, nope, nope. Julian sucks at talking. Sucks at talking. Can't do it. Well, he got a lot of votes, though. So I said, what the fuck do you want to do? We'll do a vote. The vote from the fans. Overwhelmingly pick Julian Starr. <laughs> nope, nope. Can't do it. And I said, well, what are we going to do? So you know what we did? Nothing. We never had a fucking president. And I said, why the fuck did we even have the vote if this is what you're going to be? Wait, was I involved in that? I don't think you were I don't involved. think I was involved in that. So, Tarzana, you- And then fast forward now, and then the same fucking company makes this guy a fucking commentator where his only job is to talk every week. Well, not every week, every show. A thousand times more than he ever would have talked if he'd been booked to prison. <laughs> Why do we fuck? Let's go back to watching WrestleMania is where I just shit on the fucking... <laughs> I don't want to talk about this bucket shit. No, no, I, didn't, I didn't instigate this. I know Scotty Slade likes to say that we just bring you on the podcast, Tarzan, to, to yell and scream about things. But I didn't instigate that. I just, uh, But I do want to mention that... Hey, Scotty Slade should worry about getting listeners to his own podcast before he worries about our podcast. <laughs> Tar- Tarzan, are you aware that the ballot box was stuffed that night? Was it? I was not. It was. <laughs> okay. I, I have a good authority. I know who did it, but someone. So did anybody vote? I, I don't know who. I don't know. Uh, the fans did vote. Who stopped the ballot box? But I am aware of a, of a person who is a grown up who, <laughs> who, put, who put Julian Starr's name in a lot of times. <laughs> so, okay. So. Then it was pointless to do it at all. Why did we even do the fucking thing? <laughs> hey, we did this vote. All right, that's your choice. Get fucked. We're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right. uh, Tarzan, I'll let you cool down cool a little down bit. A little. Uh, so, Julian, uh, they say to you, this yep. person, mystery person says to you, come back and do commentary, and you walked I... away not really wanting to do this ever again. What made you say, Okay, I'll go back and do this. Being away from wrestling for a long period of time. Uh, How long was it, by the way? I'm sorry. God, it was it was literally it was like year and a half. Yeah, almost two. When you're wrestling's a bug, and every person, whether at, I assume you get the bug sometimes too, Crockett. Um, yeah, yeah, it comes and goes. It, yeah. <laughs> it comes and goes. Some more than others. Um, but the podcast, you, I think, helps satisfy that a little it, bit. It, you know, it's funny you say that. To fast forward, training helps me satisfy it. But there you go. yeah, so I had a bug. Uh, I was already back training, and I still had this bug to be on a show, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, when I got asked, I never wanted to solicit asking being on a show. Um, it's still the same mentality that we've spoken of before. I, if they want me, they can come get me. Otherwise, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with not doing it. When they asked me, I jumped at the chance because I wanted to do something new. I still wanted to, I wanted to be involved in a show. Um, I wanted to do something I'd never done before. I wanted to get comfortable talking in the event I decide to lose 200 pounds and come back to wrestling. Um, <laughs> but genuinely, the biggest thing is I wanted to get comfortable talking. Like Malone stated, I did feel more confident as a heel at the end of my career, but I really wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted a new challenge, but I also wanted to do something in wrestling because despite as poisonous as I think it is and as negative as I think it is, there's still things that I love about it, which is why I continue to watch it. I gravitate towards it and as negative as I am towards it, I still tend to want to do something in it because deep down in my bones, 
the most passionate thing I've ever been about was professional wrestling. So once I jumped at the opportunity, I, I was okay with sticking with it. And helping train at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, that's something that really uh, is satisfying to you? Yeah. Um, honestly, that was the same deal. Is After a long period of time, I had no wrestling in my life. I was really missing it. Like I had walked away and was fine with it. There was a large period of time where I was just single, doing my own thing, picked up a really bad gambling habit, like playing poker every day. <laughs> um, I was Really? I had noticed that. <laughs> I was trying to find things that would help subside my craving for that rush. And so... I started gravitated to poker because I liked the excitement of it. Um, again, I ate myself to death, but school needed a trainer. I got asked to be one, and uh, I was so happy when I got there and I did it. Like I was so excited because I hadn't been in wrestling in so long that I got to be in the ring, and then like I got to help people. Like I was hired to help people the way Malonis and Todd Warbeard. Uh, and, Ivar or Ivar, <laughs> Ivar. Ivar sorry uh, the way Fucking Ivar, Ivar huh? <laughs> Tommaso you know Chase Del Monte the Logans how everyone helped me I was now able to be that guy and help them and so it fed my love to want to be in the ring and it also fed my wrestling craving because if I want to wrestle I just do it at the school I don't yeah. need a crowd to do it I had a question for both you guys Tarzan and Julian mm-hmm. you guys both Left uh, the wrestling business. I mean, you come back as a commentator, but left as wrestlers. You see what's happening in indie wrestling these days, the money that's being made and stuff like that. Do you guys have regrets with when you left professional wrestling, seeing everything that's happening with the indies now? Tarzan? Um, not so. I, I just kind of wish I was younger. And yeah. I think I could have made some money more if I had been younger and been around when this boom kind of happened. I don't think I regret because at the my age, I just, not that I was over the hill, but. On the car you drive. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I wasn't going to be dedicated enough at that point to keep going. You know, like you have to be hitting the gym and like dieting. And at that point, I was miserable in the, my my relationship at that point in time. I just, yeah, it wasn't going to happen for me. I just wish I was like maybe 10 years younger or something. And then I could have been around maybe when the boom started happening, so to speak. Well, you, Julian, you're a little closer to. He's younger than I am. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I just turned 30. It's not out of the realm that if I really wanted to put in the work, I could go back. Uh, yes, I 100% do. Um, I'm content with leaving, but when I see guys like Josh Briggs, uh, the Anthony Green, I see all these guys coming up, and you know David Starr, and see all these guys coming up, and they're... they're Is that you know, your brother, by the way? Not, no. no. <laughs> close <laughs> relative, though. Close, okay. close relative. Um, I see these guys, like, not only are they making money, and to play off that I've, i was never about money in wrestling ever i was always told by sherman and scotty and all them you're over make shirts i didn't care about making money which is stupid on my part i just i enjoyed wrestling which is funny because i i fucking hate wrestling right now but i like entertainment it's <laughs> neither here nor there but yes honestly i do feel a sense of regret because or like envy because i wish i wish wrestling was catered to guys my size back then because i was still in the era when i was wrestling my peak like it was still 246 you know was six two six two two forty yeah so i was still in that era so i was five nine five ten and 180 so i was the body for now and i wrestled the style 
that's big now. I, I, I so disagree with every like like sixty percent of what you're saying. This guy still has his athleticism and can do the things that he does. Literally, come back right now, and you're getting booked all over the freaking country within six <laughs> months. Like being a fat guy doing the things you can do. Like I am telling you right now. Like. <laughs> Like that's a thing, bro. Big guys are a thing. You know, like, he did that spot in the kind of countdown yeah. like last year, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I was that was insane. That got sprung on me too. Um, last telling you, minute. six months, right? Get back. Maybe, maybe drop a little bit so you get better wind and stuff. Yeah. Stay a fat guy. Do all the things you can do. I'm telling you right now, you're getting booked all over the country within six months. I. Did they make him dance. Though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's possible. Well, WWE would. Well, I was just gonna say they'll make fun of me at some point. Um. No, it's there's parts of me because there's always that wrestler inside me that has that flame where I watch these guys and I'm like, man, like I could be there. And that's all I ever wanted to do growing up. So, yeah, when I see today's wrestling, um, I'm not so big a fan of the psychology of certain matches, uh, more matches than not. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of days that I wish I just would do it, but I just can't find the personal drive to get into a gym to get myself to that point. And Malonis is probably right. I probably could do half the shit I do now at my size and become uber popular. But again, that's a comfort level. You know, I wouldn't feel comfortable being, you know, the way I look right now or even 20 pounds less. Than you could even wear trunks. People love it. Yes. Yeah. But I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd feel like personally, I'd feel like a sloppy mess just because I know what I used to be. And I'm like that old fucking guy who's 40 years old who played football in high school who, I could have went pro if my arm didn't go out. Like score four <laughs> touchdowns in a single game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right? okay. Yeah. yeah. I like in my mind. I'm like, man, I used to have abs and I was in shape and I was tan. Like, I can't go back now. People remember me as the star. Blah blah blah. So it's just, I don't know. It's it's an internal struggle I deal with daily. And if you ever talk to Susanna about it, she could tell you. There's days where I'm like, fuck wrestling, I'll never go back. And then there's a lot of days where I'm like, oh, I should go back. Ugh. By the way, when he said flame, I immediately started thinking about like you start the fire in me, the bread, the bread hearts. <laughs> could, could you come on? Could, what, what if we did a training montage to that for your comeback video? Would, <laughs> would you do it? Ah, uh, fucking right, I would. One hundred percent. If, if honestly, if that was pitched to me, I think I would actually put the effort in to do that. <laughs> that I mean, we can make fun. it happen. I, we just booked it. I mean, where's Brian Fury? He's here. I mean, he, he can he- hear this idea. No, come on. He doesn't like entertainment. Just wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about how you weren't in it for the money, Julian. That's why I like Bret Hart? <laughs> well, he has every right to like Bret Hart. He's amazing. You talked about how you're not in it. You weren't in it for the money, Julian. And we also talked about how. Uh, there's a lot of money out there today, mm-hmm. and you guys, you, Julian, and you, Tarzan, have come up with a money-making scheme <laughs> that is really <laughs> going to pay off, because it's not a coincidence the two of you are here today in the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. You started as guests. Your first podcast appearances were as guests on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, but now we're sending these doves out into the <laughs> atmosphere <laughs> And they're branching off onto their own because uh, you gentlemen are going to be hosting a brand new podcast. Am I correct? That is 100% correct. You are correct. Uh, Tarzan and I will be doing a podcast. This is actually a large majority of it was I'm doing the the physical work, but a large majority of the creative idea was... uh, Mr. Specter over here. He's uh, known for a creative idea or two. Uh, the, o- man. Uh, the only thing I want to, I'm a little nervous about plugging in here is I'm a lot more mellow on this podcast than I am on this, your podcast. 
Um, yeah, podcast. Podca- podcast. <laughs> You're gonna learn how to say podcast. We're gonna have one, Tarzan. I'm a lot more mellow. You're like uh, Kurt Angle trying to say WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot more mellow on the podcast that we do together than I am on this one. So I don't want. Well, I didn't want to take away from what I do here, even though. Okay, thank you. It's not an act, though. You guys <laughs> appreciate gen- it. You guys generally get me fired up every time. Merely an accident. <laughs> <laughs> so the name of the podcast, Julian Truth. Justice in the New England Pro Wrestling Way. So it's uh, centered around New England Pro Wrestling. Yes, New England Pro Wrestling as a whole. Um, whole. What we want to <laughs> do is uh, we realistically, uh, a lot of podcasts either talk about, you know, WWE and Ring of Honor or whatever, you know, the bigger companies. But I feel like there's nothing catered to specifically, like you have Jamie's podcast that's, you know, chaotic wrestling just as chaotic wrestling yeah. but no one attacks like new england wrestling as a whole in certain subjects that may be seeming too taboo or too uh, just people are too afraid to ask those questions or maybe they have those questions and they have no platform to address them whether fan or friend or fan or wrestler so uh, we want to talk about new england but we want to talk about whether it's like the start of a company or the past of a company, whether, you know, stigmas in professional wrestling, whether it's, you know, there tends to be this brotherhood where everyone's family and friends and stuff. But, you know, we can all attest being in wrestling and Bruiser Brody said it on his his vice deal um, from beyond the grave. Apparently, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, not Bruiser Brody. Sorry. Uh, uh, Tony Atlas had stated you'd be lucky if you have one friend when you leave professional wrestling. And that stuck with me because it's true. Um, we have like a handful, but I mean, there's not a lot of people that you deal with on the amount of people you deal with in wrestling. You don't really deal with in your everyday lives. Once you walk away, they're strangers to you. And so there's so many topics we want to address, whether it's wrestling shows, stigmas in wrestling, women in wrestling, but the deep stuff that people are too afraid to ask. We want to try to hit those what Tarzan likes to call the hard-hitting questions and try to get those answers for people who are curious. Will you have Mayor McCheese on? I, you know what? I, I swear would, to I you. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And as a matter of fact, if you'd be willing to go on the podcast, he or she uh, would be willing to go or on. Them. Or them. It's Mark Sherman, right? If they'd be willing. I don't know, honestly. I think it's Mark <laughs> Sherman or even, uh, I, I always said, Tony Delfonso. Whoever is Mayor McCheese, I'll sign a contract, and I won't spill your name. But you go on there as Mayor McCheese, and we find a way to dub your voice. But we can ask him all these questions. That would be fantastic. Be like uh, the the voice modulator from Scream, and we'll have him. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what it boiled down to is we both wanted to do a podcast, but we were really scrambling for a way to do something slightly different. Yeah. Because there's a lot of podcasts out there. You don't say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a few less before uh, you know these. People that we uh, all gave launching pads to, <laughs> Brian. We birthed. Yes. <laughs> so we decided to make it exclusively about New England since we're both from New England and big fans of New England area, and we know a bunch of people in the New England area. So you'll never hear us like, we won't ever review a WrestleMania or anything like that. We won't talk about the state of wrestling on television. A lot of the podcasts are like, we'll have Brian on, and Brian will talk about his career from start to finish. We didn't want to do that. So we decided we would just pick subjects like, you know, what does it take to run a wrestling company or... You know, what it's like to be a woman in wrestling and things like that. So 
So far, so good. Uh, it's coming along nicely. It's a little rough at the beginning, but I'm sure you guys can attest to when you started your podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I've listened to a couple of our early episodes in, in the past, and they're <laughs> they're unlistenable to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just want to thank both of you guys, because if I had never been on your podcast, I probably never would have got the idea, and I never would have gone through with it. So. Oh, I'm very, very happy we're going to have a, uh, is it a weekly or... Uh, we're going to start off bi-weekly. We're going to see how it goes from there. Uh, we underestimated how hard it is to actually get people to come on yeah, the show. Jesus Christ. Our, our deal <laughs> is we want to always have a guest, and if they do not live within five feet of you, they <laughs> do not want to go out of their way. And They um, know our plight. <laughs> you, guys, you guys know the sound quality of doing like a call or a Skype or some yeah. sort. Tarzan, not a fan. He is Captain Particular, so he's going to have to bend at this rule at some point, but if we, like, there's a lot of people that I tried to book, and they're calling, 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 and it's just like, we just don't want that, like, fishbowl sound, and I know that there are times you're going to have to do it, but he's trying to steer away from it as long as possible, so it is fucking difficult trying to nail someone down for an interview. I didn't know uh, Tarzan was an audio snob. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So the podcast is coming. Do we have a premiere date for Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way? Yes. Uh, the first episode is going to debut Friday, June 14th. Friday. So your competition with uh, Let the Chaos Begin and uh, For the Pops? Oh, is it that, is that on Friday? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when things uh, maybe, I didn't know that, so maybe we'll switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> Do not switch it up. Uh, honestly, it's... You'll be fine. I was going to say, people don't listen when they... Like, they're going to listen in the order Yeah, it's on-demand audio. Yeah, so just they'll download it, and then they'll... Everyone's going to download it. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, they'll listen in the order in which they want to hear first. I mean, and depends. We appreciate anybody who will give us a listen. We've got four episodes in the can, and I think they get better as they go along, if you can just bear with us. Well, I can't wait to hear uh, Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Away. Brian, how about you? I'm sure we'll be plugging it on this podcast regularly. We sure will be. The first episode, can you really talk about what you're going to have in your first premiere debut episode of the podcast? Well, uh, the first episode's guest will be the uh, former owner of Chaotic Wrestling. Who's that? Uh I always butcher his name. <laughs> it's this guy, like Kurt Angle saying WWE. I, I always, like, every time I try and say try his name on a podcast, just like, for the I, entertainment. Jamie Janikowski. <laughs> Not even close. I, oh, I, I, I F it up every time I try like, and say Jamie Shamiskamski. I can't do it for some Mike reason. Mike Wazowski. Anyway, we talk more about. The <laughs> <laughs> it's Jamie I don't know why. I fuck it up every single time I try and say it on a podcast. It's all about the business aspect. We get into the, you know, a company actually making money or not is what we talk about. Instead of talking about just the booking and things like normally, we really get in depth into. Uh, there was actual- that one that one show in uh, Chaotic where we made like fifty bucks. That one where we had like eight hundred and fifty yeah. something people, <laughs> just barely made a profit on that show. <laughs> so listen to yourself, please. We appreciate it, and you can judge for yourself. Uh, and if you think our guest is full of shit, we want to we want you to say so on your podcast. Yeah, the episode is uh, just it goes into the business aspect. Like we'll ask Jamie a question, which you'll have to tune in to get the answer. But um, one of the questions was that anytime someone you know runs a wrestling show, they don't pay well typically, and they yeah. always claim they lose money. So why run it? You know what I mean. So we just ask questions like that, and then we try to you know push through the political answers that we know we're going to get, uh, but. Each character is going to give us a different response, so you have to tune in to hear how that goes. 
And you bury Malonis, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Well, not as much as you. <laughs> oh, thank You're goodness. his partner, and you bury him more than anyone I've ever seen. And just to be clear, that episode is about chaotic wrestling, but the podcast is not about... It's about, <laughs> it's about New England pro wrestling. <laughs> yes. As a <laughs> Political whole... Political Tarzan comes out again. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you guys will still have me on your podcast as well. Cause, of uh, course. Of course. I do enjoy that. And I, I reserve... You have a Tarzan hates coming I up. reserve Tarzan angry for your podcast. I, I don't get really... I don't think I've gotten angry at all, really. It's Tarzan the, hates SummerSlam has yes, become an annual tradition. Like, we... I mean... Is it? Yeah, we've done, done two twice. of them. We've done two yeah. of them. We've, we've done, done the last that. two years. All right, so we have so to, we're gonna we're gonna have to do Tarzan we'll hate SummerSlam. I agree. We'll get our calendars out after we finish <laughs> recording here. Uh, so, Truth, Justice, the New England Pro Wrestling Way. We will update everybody uh, at the WPA on on Twitter. Let, let everyone know when you and guys you can look are on Julian's Facebook. He'll update it yeah. as well. Excellent. Yeah, Julian that is Star. You can search for me on Facebook. That's S T A R R. Twitter at Julian underscore Star eighty nine, and then Instagram is Star three two nine eight nine. Wow. Okay. I hope everyone's taking notes <laughs> for Julian's various uh, things. Uh, it's like a phone number. Yes. All right. Let's give us tips since you guys are such a well-oiled machine at running a podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we want feedback from everybody listening to the wrestling podcast about nothing. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your thoughts on the episode about Julian, about Tarzan. Also, you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401 401- 584-WPAN. Leave a voicemail. We will play your voice on this podcast. The audio quality is not perfect, Tarzan, but we make do with what we have. So, We're uh, no OVP. We are no OVP. And speaking of OVP, we'll get to that in one second, but how about booking the territory with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week on Sundays and Thursdays. Check out mikemills.podbean.com for more on booking the territory. Plus, our vantage point, those OVP fellas you were just mentioning. Yeah. Little Joe Murata, big Michael Quinn on the retro wrestling podcast known as Our Vantage Point, OVPpodcast.com for more on that. And greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He talks about one single episode of wrestling television, and he's one single guy just breaking it all down and going way off topic, but bringing it back to wrestling <laughs> on the end. <laughs> greetings from Allentown with uh PW Peter Winston on the Pro Wrestling Only feed on Place to Be Nation or his own feed and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast rundownwrestling.com for the entire Rundown Wrestling Network so go there, listen and enjoy. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. Before we get into that, Brian, you are hitting the highways and byways and airways crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler and you got dates! I got dates, Mike, and I'm Pumped and jacked. Wow. To be heading to the Pacific Northwest, buddy. Kent, Washington, to be specific, on Saturday night, June the 1st. Perfect. Uh, it is an international TV taping. Oh. Where the bouncers will be taking on the kingdom. Really? Yes. How about that? I wonder how that's going to go over. Well, hopefully we go over. Oh. <laughs> and you won't be able to tell me, right? <laughs> no, you get no spoilers. It'll be on TV in August. Yes. You won't be able to tell you. And then the very next night, Honor Club uh, exclusive. June the 2nd from Portland, Oregon, uh, the Bouncers will be part of a gauntlet match to crown a number one contender for the World Tag Team Championships. That's the biggest crossed on that one. Opportunity of a, of a lifetime there. So, Ring of Honor state-of-the-art tour in the Pacific Northwest. Kent Washington, June 1st for TV taping. And then Sunday night, June the 2nd, uh, Honor Club exclusive from Portland, Oregon. 
Uh, really am excited. Uh, and, and then, Mike, uh, June the 8th, on Saturday, June the 8th, uh, the aforementioned New England Fan Fest. Uh, I'll be taking part. I'll be signing autographs from 10 to 5 at the Atlantic Pro Wrestling booth. I'll have some T-shirts and 8x10s there, photo op opportunities. Uh, come out and meet me at the New England Fan Fest. Uh, seven hours. I hope you get through that line. <laughs> seven hours. Uh, this guy this guy is just <laughs> jealous. Nobody cares if you live or die, Mike. So. <laughs> Wow. Goodness. <laughs> and then uh, I'll be making my return to Chaotic Wrestling on Friday night, June the 14th for the Chaotic Countdown. I wow. won this two years ago. So, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to win it again. Not if Julian it's the only there, battle. Not. It's the only battle royal I've ever won in my entire career. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. And Dude. those big guys, really, they have the uh, odds on hands. favorites. Yeah, the odds, <laughs> odds on favorites. On favorites. Uh, and then, Mike, at the end of the month, June the 28th, Baltimore, Maryland, Ring of Honors, best in the world pay-per-view. I uh, don't know full details yet. It might not even be on the card, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be in the house, uh, hopefully on the card. And then the very next day in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the 2300 Arena, the former ECW Arena, the place where you said, Mike, uh, a couple that was a net negative on the pro wrestling industry operated out of of course ECW, yeah. <laughs> ring of honors international tv taping in philadelphia pennsylvania that's saturday june the 29th can you believe it mike where the hell did uh like it was christmas like four days ago yeah the spring just came and went with uh, a lot of rain yes and that was it yeah we'll stop there We'll stop there. You're not yeah. going to tell us uh, where you're debuting next month, the new state you're debuting in next month? Can't announce it yet. Wow, you can't announce it yet. No, it's... I don't want to steal their thunder. I want to give them the opportunity to announce it, but uh, uh, that'll be my uh, on July the 12th, I can tell you that, and it will be my 25th different state wrestling in. How about well, that? Mum is the word, I guess. Yes. All right, to book the kingpin, or the brawler, I should say. The now. brawler, Jesus, it happens. come it happens. on. Email Malonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Malonis. All right, so this week's promo about nothing, Brian. It comes for the year 1991, and we're doing something a little different. We're going to CMLL. Oh. That is Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre. A partner of Ring of Honor, maybe maybe the old brawler will be the. You know, it's funny we had like a little conversation. Me and uh, the the Bruiser actually had like a nice conversation with a couple of the fellows from Mexico about CMLL, just asking some questions and and trying to weasley away down there. That's how you do. It's called networking, Mike. Okay, so that's, that's why that's why you're sitting here and didn't get a job. When you do it, <laughs> when, you, when you do it, it's weasling, Brian. When you do it, it's weasling. Uh, so yes, it is in Mexico, CMLL, and we are going to take a look at a person. By the name of Black Magic, who... T Tony Bennett? No. <laughs> Julian's former tag team partner? Yeah! All right. <laughs> he did not make his way down to Mexico. Tony Bennett did oh. not. Uh, he's a hell of a crooner, but he did not <laughs> wrestle in Mexico. Uh, this Black Magic, you would know much better than Tony Bennett because this is the man who would become to know him better by his real name, Norman Smiley. Oh, so Black Magic from CMLL 1991, this week's promo about nothing. Kamala, the Ugandan giant, you are big and you are strong. Men tremble when they hear the name of the African madman. But I, Kamala, I fear no man and I fear no evil. Welcome to my world, Kamala. You will go down because Black Magic is the magician in Mexico. We're one of a kind, and then again, we're not. You cannot and will not defeat black magic in any city in Mexico. Why? Because black magic is number one. Kamala, you will go down. 
So uh, a comedy of errors here, Tarzan. To get Excellent this dime operation you got here. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it's much more uh, professional over there at the, your podcast. But uh, we all had to watch the promo about nothing on my phone because I couldn't get my laptop to work. Uh, but it was well worth the wait, wasn't it, gentlemen? <laughs> Well, I'm sold on that match now. <laughs> yeah, it was Kamala the is the the African madman. Is that what, is yeah, that I think he called, called the African yeah. madman. And uh, Black Magic, who is a a guy who is a magician, apparently, apparently. A, an African American gentleman who he didn't really do any magic tricks or anything. He had a cape that he <laughs> went like this. Uh, you know, you never trust the guy with a cape, right, Tarzan? You, you don't. You do not trust a guy. With a cape. <laughs> he <laughs> certainly true. can't trust a guy with a cape. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he had a magic wand tucked away. He did have a magic wand as well. He's apparently the Bret Hart of Mexico. Kamala will not beat him in any city in. The- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I like how, I mean, obviously this is Mexico, it's, uh, translating it in Spanish on the bottom of the screen, and he's very, like, uh, he uses hand signals to get the people to know if they're not, you know, they, they obviously they're hearing English, so he says, you're going down, and he puts it, he points his thumb down. He does this more than once. He does it at the middle of the promo, and at the end he takes his thumb and goes, down. He's very charismatic as well. <laughs> well, not, Yeah. He's a lot of smiling going on in this promo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not scared of everything So he's either. teaching promo yeah. class at the PC these days. <laughs> I don't think he is. No, I, I don't. But he is an a excellent trainer from everything I've read about him and heard about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never met Norman Smiley or anything, but this promo's horrendous. He got more <laughs> charismatic down the road. but The wiggle, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the wiggle. Yeah, this is definitely pre-wiggle. Mike, why don't you uh, break out the wiggle for us? <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's uh, there'd be too much moving around and gyrating. <laughs> it might knock something over. <laughs> so, so tough promo from Black Magic. Any pointers you can give him, Julian? You're a good promo guy. We've discovered at the end of your career. Yeah, just uh, no, I couldn't. Who would have thought Tony Bennett was the best Black Magic <laughs> in wrestling? Of all time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weirdly, my partner had more charisma than that guy. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, that's that's black magic, ladies and gentlemen. Is it? Is it? <laughs> How <though>? about that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Roy Lusher. He is at Roy Lusher on Twitter for that promo about nothing. You've heard it. If you want the full picture, find the links to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. Gentlemen, thanks for hanging out. It's been kind of a late night, and uh, Brian has been shit-talking to me the entire time off <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yes, well, he's been on his phone as well, uh, making his plans for... Tomorrow, I guess, for the weekend, the holiday weekend. Happy Memorial Day, everybody! What yes. uh, what SummerSlam are we gonna watch when uh, I come back? I don't know. We're gonna have to pick one out. Final with Bertha Faye, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord, <laughs> my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> you all the all the right places. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian and I will be back right here next Monday for episode one sixty two of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, for Julian Starr, for Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro, and the brawler Brian Malonis, I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. You can always tell when Crockett's recording at home and his son is sleeping, by the way, from the beginning of the podcast. Today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing...